CityCast Pittsburgh. It's been a long time coming, 12 years to be exact, but Pittsburgh's Chinatown is finally getting the historic landmark it deserves. The couple blocks on 2nd and 3rd Avenues downtown were once a bustling area for Chinese-owned businesses and restaurants, and after four applications, the state finally agrees. President of the Pittsburgh OCA, Marion Lien, is here with our newsletter editor, Francesca DeBecco, to talk about the history of our own Chinatown and the celebrations happening on Saturday. It's Thursday, April 14th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Marion Lien. Um, my given name is uh, Lien Mei Ling, and that is uh, of a Chinese uh, background. Uh, I am uh, Taiwanese by birth, um, and I came to the United States when I was, uh, you know, barely in elementary school. So, so I have um, lots of um, a child's memory of of uh, Taiwan Island, but grew up in in Southern California and uh, made it out here to Pittsburgh about 10, 11 years ago now. I think that Pittsburgh has like officially adopted you. <laughs> well, thank you. I, that's yeah. an honor. That, that, that really is because I know that in this town of historical roots, um, to, to be able to say that I'm adopted, that, that I can wear that marker as a Pittsburgher, that means a lot. So thank you. Just add that to your list of titles. All right. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what does it mean to you, you know, to finally see this work pay off yeah. and to know that the legacy of early Asian Americans in Pittsburgh will live on? Oh, it's it's uh, so many things. It's a relief um, that that which should have happened is finally happening. Yeah. Um, you know, my regret is that those board members that came before me that started this journey 12 years ago are not alive today, you know, to Aww. aren't here. Yeah. Um, so there's bittersweet, um, you know, feelings about that. That yes, we've accomplished. Um, that we feel victorious um, in beating back, you know, the the system that would still have us invisible. So mm. this legacy of the our ancestors, right, um, is is at once also fulfilled because we've we've always been here. It's it's right. a matter of being recognized and and um, choosing to see us. Why did this take so long to succeed to get the state designation? <laughs> because like you said, you've been working on this for years. Can I tell you, Francesca, you know, yeah. the first three times <laughs> that we were denied with this application, a comment that came to us was, you know, we, we realize you really want this marker. What gave it away? <laughs> and so, you know, unless you can prove to us that you matter, you know, statewide <laughs> as a significance, hmm. you know, you might just go ahead and call, a, you know, a plaque maker and make your own plaque. The only thing that's that, not the point, is well, it? That's not the point. That's exactly right. <laughs> and more so, you know, the one thing that, you know, we would say is we had to raise the money for this plaque regardless. So if you did that, they said to us, the the one thing you cannot have is the state insignia, right? And I thought, 
wow, that, Mm. that, you know, that was the slap on the face that really got me going with, "Uh uh-huh, I see. So it's that you choose not to, you, you know, you're selective about who can be in this space and you call your own. So I would have to prove Mm. to you I belong. And so that's what this fourth application was about. (laughs) Wow. And you know what? Chinatown is still sort of like folkloric. Um, And there's a reason for that. Um, It was sort of this micro city within the city that supported many Chinese immigrants in the late 1800s. Um, And it was devastated by the construction of the Boulevard of the Allies in the 1920s. Looking back, can can we say that this was an act of redlining? Mm, absolutely. In the name of urban renewal, mm. which which group shall we sacrifice, right? Yeah, um, you know, right. we saw it in the Hill District. We saw um, what happened there and, and the devastation that caused. Why I think this is not written into the annals of, of Pittsburgh history Um, as prominently, is undoubtedly because what happens um, with championing a community is you have to have active live voices. You have to have individuals of a community that not only care, but but really can relate, right? Um, And and in this particular case, the history of the Chinese in um, the United States is a, um, it's a sad beginning, right? Um, After being brought over to work on the railroads, the uh, country started to experience a recession. And the first group, even though it was less than like 0.5% of all the immigrants Uh that were coming in, um, they were the Chinese uh, laborers were pointed out to be competition, right, to to mm-hmm. white labor. And so, you know, you have the systemic waves now um, that are, are rolling into place from your Chinese Exclusion Act. And, and the Chinese are, remain the only group, you know, that, that was uh, legalized out of the United States existence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So with the Boulevard of the Allies, you know, coming in, literally stabbing at the heart of of. Uh, Chinatown um, with Ross Street ramp coming off, you know, coupled with misogynistic laws, you know, the Chinese um, population never gets replenished. That second generation doesn't come into, uh, into being. It's not to say that there were no women. There were those who came from other cities, right? Chinese women that, that were able to make it into the, into the neighborhood. Yeah. And so the construction of the Boulevard of the Allies really forced people to move outside of Pittsburgh, but it really destroyed this. Yeah. Yeah. Really scattered throughout the city. And I think also it really ruined this sort of epicenter, this this culture, this this meeting place, um, a place where they could go shopping or, you know, speak their own language and and all of these things that are really important to maintain a community. Um, so as we know, the last remaining business from the original Chinatown is the Chinatown Inn, which is owned by the Yi family. Um, it's that building on Third Avenue with the red and green pagoda style entrance. And uh, Marianne, I, I want to mention as I was uh, reading about this uh, last year and a little bit more uh, this year, one fun fact that I found that I can't believe I didn't know this as a Pittsburgher was 
was that the restaurant is owned by the family of Ming-Na Wen. That is correct. (laughs) Yes, the actress who voices my favorite Disney princess, Mulan. That's right. Um, So I love that Pittsburgh tie, especially because that was always always my favorite movie growing up. Well, and she's a superhero now on television. So, you know, it doesn't get any better for us, right? Right. And, And in fact, on Saturday, you will hear from two of uh, the uh, individuals that lived, ch- they were children when they lived in the, um, the apartments above, you know, the storefronts. Um, yeah. So Shirley Yi, uh, no no relation to uh, the Yi's in uh, Chinatown Inn, um, mm-hmm. as well as Lydia Ott are going to share with us um, what was it like to grow up above uh, the storefronts and, and what was it like on a, it, it, you, it's, it's just fascinating to hear their stories. I loved it. I loved every minute I had with Lydia the other day when she was sharing. So so I want you all to come out and hear those stories with us. Yeah, that's so exciting. I was reading a little bit about Shirley um, and her father, right, yeah. was the last um, informal mayor that's of Chinatown. Right. That's right. Um, and so she's really telling these family stories and kind of going through the landmarks of Chinatown based on the stories of her father, his, his handwritten stories, which I just think is so neat. Um, and the one thing that I thought was extra cool is that she will be talking about a um, like a, a secret passageway yeah. in Chinatown. Um, she's leading a Chinatown tour. So if you meet up at 519 Court uh, Street, you will be able to walk with her, you know, through this um, sort of tour um, where she will show you photos of the, you know, original buildings that used to be where, you know, she'll point out the sites. So sadly, on the one hand, you know, it's um, it's more of like a nostalgic sort of tour, I guess. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, you know, when we come back to the um, uh, question of was this redlining, you will see the devastations, right? The Chinese at this time, um, you must remember, they live in a city that's actually a segregated city, right? So right. the history of Pittsburgh, it was it was segregated. Um, and so as Chinese, you know, as an Asian population, we were sort of not black and not white. So what were mm-hmm. we? For those who were able to find a home in Chinatown, and you, you know, we want to talk about that Chinatown really was the older part of the city in a part of the city that um, was kind of run down, no one wanted, but it was because they couldn't find rental properties anywhere else. The laws at that time declared they would never be able to become um, American citizens, right? So they would never be more than just Chinese American residents. And right. so so to find work, they had to f- make work, right? Yeah. And so in these sort of spaces, you start to understand, you know, how devastating it might be to just tear down even one, let alone a whole block wow. of buildings. But, you know, it it was one of the places where other people of color could actually go and be served. Right. You know, they saw it as if you're a paying customer, why should I sit there and judge what sorts of backgrounds, you know, that might be preconceived. But more than that, it's important to understand how many also were living in fear of being discovered there. Right. So while the census at the time stated 500, we believe it was probably closer to over a thousand. 
And mm, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. The right? significant difference. Well, right. I'll just give you an example. You know, so uh, Lydia will share that she um, and her eight brothers and sisters, you know, lived in this one bedroom sort of apartment kind of thing. Yeah. So, so She's it's one of your speakers on Saturday. Yeah. So it's at once, um, you know, you start to understand how big families, you know, those who, who were lucky enough to create that kind of natural family, you know, mm-hmm. how many were around. Um, and then also, you know, if you don't have the documents, right, that are necessary to exist in, in the world, it's a very scary space. And Chinatown right. afforded that kind of comfort to those who may not speak the language English, you know, well, let alone navigate, you know, um, the rules and regulations. Um, and it was doing so well. At one point, it is attracting the Chinese from, and, you know, other Asian folks, right? From West Virginia, from Ohio, right? Right. You know, and so, so this is the kind of international flavor that, that this Chinatown had brought. Right. And that speaks to, you know, how this is so historically relevant. And there were sort of these unofficial mayors Mm. um, and these uh, community like um, societies who helped people sort of navigate uh, the rest of Pittsburgh. So um, they would help, you know, people deal with their taxes or, you know, maybe go to a doctor's appointment if they didn't speak English. Um, what can you tell us about these unofficial mayors um, that existed in these communities? Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I would say they, you know, we called them mayors, um, but really they were like the diplomats, right, of, of right. the time, right? You know, um, so Chinese, Chinatown, like the rest of the Chinatowns across the world at the time, it really functioned as a in a parallel universe, right? Um, mm. The Chinese that lived there, worked there, weren't welcomed in any other parts of the city. And so they had no choice but to carve out another existence, um, one that they could feel safe in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and the other, quite honestly, is they needed the economic opportunities. They need jobs. And so, you know, in that space of the two blocks, at one point was 120 hand laundries, you know, wow. 16, yeah, 16 groceries and little gift stores. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine all the activity at that time. And we talked a little bit about what's happening on Saturday. That's the big neighborhood celebration honoring this historic designation. You mentioned the tour that Shirley is doing. Tell us what else is going on. Oh. What are you most excited for? Oh, I, I am looking forward to the food. <laughs> I am looking yes. forward to the music. Do you know? I, do we know what yeah. they're serving? Ah, well, so, so you know, you have Chinatown in there. Uh, let me tell yeah. you, if I had to hear one more time, the jumble shrimp egg rolls. <laughs> Oh, you know no. that was the most requested of everyone. <laughs> really? So, so that, oh yes, that's that's legendary. I've known folks who drive clear across the city to have one of those egg rolls. So, so oh. Francesca, you've got to come down for that. I I should. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a bunch of food trucks, folks from the Filipino American Association, the Bhutanese Association, dancers from South Asia, parts of India, musicians, and artists. Oh my gosh! Um, and and I hope that the city, you know, um, appreciates 
appreciates, you know, all of that. If if only the, you just have to ask. If you only choose to see it, it's here, you know? Yeah, and you have a giveaway too, right? From yeah. artist Jordan Wong. And he's a graphic artist and, and just an amazing young man in his own right. Has work hanging in the Cleveland Art Museum as well as the... Um, uh, the Children's, Pittsburgh Children's Museum, he has designed an original art piece, limited edition, and the first 100 folks that get there, you get to take a piece of this home. Oh, very cool. Yes, and he has chosen um, to follow our lead with the theme of Ming for the day. Ming in Chinese is a character that means apparent, it means brightness, and it really is this. It means that we are honoring our ancestors who came before us because they've shined a light for the rest of us and that path forward to succeed. So we owe so much to them. And it is the, the least we could do to make sure that they were remembered. Oh, what a beautiful symbol of the day. Yes. Marianne Leanne, president of the Pittsburgh branch of the OCA, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a great pleasure. I hope to see everybody there. And Francesca, there is a jumbo shrimp <laughs> egg roll waiting with your name on it. <laughs> I need to take you up on that offer. So if you want an egg roll too, check out all of the festivities for yourself this Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. right there on 3rd Avenue between Grant and Ross Streets. And we're coming up on AAPI Heritage Month. There's a bunch of events the whole month of May, so keep a lookout on OCA's website and the CityCast newsletter for more. Here's what else is happening in Pittsburgh today. Pittsburgh's single-use plastic ban was approved by city council this week. But don't freak out if you're one of those people who stockpiles plastic, like me. Businesses have a full year to comply, so you've got lots of time to keep collecting. The rule requires shoppers to bring a reusable bag or purchase a paper bag for $0.10. Now shoppers with food assistance will be exempt from that added cost. And stores will still use plastic packaging around meat, fish, fruits, and vegetables. We've got a bunch of sports news, too. The Penguins just barely missed a chance to clinch their spot in the playoffs this week. But they've got another chance tonight. Sidney Crosby celebrated a couple milestones, scoring his 1,400th point. Wow. And 1,100th game. Damn, Sid. Meanwhile, Malkin's in the middle of a four-game suspension <laughs> for a cheap shot against Nashville. The Steelers have been remembering backup quarterback Dwayne Haskins, who died over the weekend crossing a South Florida highway. He was down there training. It's really also sad. He was 24. He was going to be 25 next month. The Riverhounds have started pretty strong this year. They're currently 5-4 and four and in second in the Eastern Conference. They'll be home again next Saturday against Atlanta. And the Pirates are sweet, sweet Pirates. We know you're trying, you guys. They've started off less than great, definitely under 500, but there's a lot of season to go. So they kick off a homestand against the Nationals later tonight. And for all those who celebrate, we hope you have a very happy Passover and Easter. And for others, Ramadan Mubarak, you're halfway there. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Megan Harris is our lead producer. Our newsletter editor is Francesca DeBecco. And this week, we're also very lucky to have CityCast Natalie Rivera on our team, too. Kudos, Natalie. 
I'm your host, Morgan Moody, and of course, music is by Benji. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Tuesday with more news from around the city. See you then. The rule requires... Let me just start over. Okay.